Be the Good is all about people doing good in the world while following their passions, good for their own souls and for others. I'm Kate Cherichello, and welcome to today's episode. If you are enjoying these stories, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would mean so much. You can also join our Facebook community under the group title, Be the Good with Kate Cherichello. Let's spread a little more goodness in the world. So my parents had received a copy of the Princeton Magazine over the holidays as they are in New Jersey. And when I was home, I was looking through it and I came across a feature on an organization called Sing Aphasia. Aphasia is a language disorder that can occur after a brain injury, often stroke. And I'm going to let my guest today tell us more about aphasia and how she's bringing together people dealing with communication disorders through music and community. So it's my pleasure to have the founder and director of Sing Aphasia and speech language pathologist, Dr. Jillian Belmer here today on Be The Good. Jillian, thanks so much for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here. So first, just tell me more about who you are and what you do in your own words. Yeah, so uh, my name is Jillian Velmer, and um, I started out as a music major and vocal performer, always thought I would teach music, um, and then somewhere along you know, my path, I um, was introduced to the field of speech-language pathology, and I had observed a really good family friend who was a speech-language pathologist in public schools in a preschool And I observed her using music with her little preschool class. And I thought, that's great. I would love to learn more about using music um, to help with communication. And so I I went to Westminster Choir College, which is in Princeton, New Jersey. Um, And of course, when you go to choir college, you don't have prerequisites like biology and (laughs) statistics. And so I started my journey to um, become a speech language pathologist and start my master's degree. And I had to start out taking all those prerequisite classes. Um, So that took me um, a couple of years. And then I was able to start my master's degree. And, you know, I had always worked with children all my life. I was a camp counselor and babysitter and always thought I would work with children in some capacity. Um, And then when I was taking some of my prerequisite courses and some of the the um, required coursework for my master's degree, that's when I first took a course in aphasia. And it's a whole semester long and you learn all about aphasia, what it is, some treatment ideas um, and strategies for helping this population. And, you know, surprisingly, I had never heard this term before. But as I started learning more about aphasia, Um, You know, it's actually not very surprising at all, because through some research with the National Aphasia Association, um, it's like a statistic like less than 90% of the general population has heard this term before. And so, you know, being introduced to it in my, my coursework, I'm like, this is amazing. There's so many people out there. There is an estimated 2 million people um, in the United States alone that have this acquired language disorder. And like you had mentioned, it's typically acquired from a brain injury. Most cases are due to stroke. Um, Also um, any other brain injury or a progressive disease in the brain. 
And so um, aphasia is a language disorder that can come from that. So a lot of times people have difficulty with speaking, um, reading and writing when they have aphasia, but um, their intelligence is still intact. And so if you think, you know, it can be a really devastating diagnosis to get if you think about your communication and the way you interact with people um, is just completely changed um, after your injury or your stroke. And I was just so fascinated by this and wondered, you know, can I use music to help them? And through my research, I found that a lot of times people who have had strokes and have difficulty speaking, um, it's actually, or it can be easier for them to sing. And, you know, not going into all of the details about the brain and the anatomy, but typically if someone has a stroke on the left side of the brain, um, that's where the language, the speech and language centers are located. So if the stroke occurs on the left side of the brain, typically they um, may have aphasia. Um, and it, you know, everyone is so different. Everyone's stroke is different. Sometimes, you know, it does happen on the right hemisphere of the brain, but in most people, if they have that damage on the left side, that's how they can acquire aphasia. And it's usually thought of, um, you know, the right side of the brain is usually thought of as the more artistic side. Like, you know, there's music and art and creativity there. And, you know, as neuroscientists are researching the brain more often, they're actually finding out that, you know, music is all over the brain. So it's not just in the right side of the brain, um, but it's all over. And if you think about that, if you have damage in the left side of the brain and you are engaging in music somehow, um, you know, that can compensate for some of those damaged areas. And so when people are listening to music, the brain is lighting up like fireworks. And, you know, it's even better when people are making music and engaging in it. So not just listening to music, but when they're singing music or playing instruments, um, it really is so great for the brain. There's like so many, you know, the happy hormones that go into it when you are engaging in a musical activity. And I tell my members of the choir all the time that, you know, it's like a natural therapy, right? It's just like a natural, happy hormones. You know, you don't have to take any medication. You just have to have fun and enjoy yourselves. And so um, I really, you know, started looking into that more and thinking, well, singing is so great. And there's um, speech language strategies and methods. Um, there's one that's called melodic intonation therapy that was developed by a speech language pathologist in the 70s. Um, and, you know, that involves melody and intonation and rhythm, but it's an individual thing. And so um, what I'd love to tell you more about now is like, if you think about if you're unable to communicate the way that you were used to, it can be very isolating. And so people with aphasia might feel more isolated or depressed or lonely, um, and they don't have the same, you know, social experiences like they used to. Um, there's also a, sometimes with, when there's a stroke or brain injury, 
um, on the left side of the brain, there might be some right-sided weakness or paralysis. And so that can really affect someone too. You know, they might not be able to drive anymore. A lot of people are right-handed, so they have to relearn how to write with their left hand. Um, and so, you know, it can be a very isolating disorder. And all of that to say, you know, this technique, melodic intonation therapy has, you know, has its benefits, but it is a one-on-one -on -one strategy, one-on-one -on -one method that people use with their therapists. And I thought, you know, that's, that's cool, but what about singing? You know, singing is at the core of my life. I grew up in my church choir and the high school choirs, and then I went to choir college. Um, so all my life I've been involved in choirs and I thought, you know, let me really look into singing in a choir for people with aphasia. And at the time of my master's research, I really only found a handful of choirs in the United States. And I found some other choirs over in Europe and some other countries. Um, but really, you know, it was just emerging then. And this is almost 10 years ago. It was just emerging. Um, and I did my master's thesis on aphasia choirs around the world. And what are some songs they sing? You know, how many people participate? I wanted to learn more about them because, you know, choir is great. And a lot of people love singing in choirs and singing in their communities and churches and schools. Um, but, you know, there is something different about singing in an aphasia choir. And I really wanted to learn more about that. So with the help of my mentors that had... Um, had some of their own aphasia choirs, I was really able to learn more about them and how they work and why they work. And, um, and there's still, you know, there's ongoing research now about the benefits of singing in a choir for this population. You know, personally, it's being in a choir myself, I know that, you know, when you feel like you are connected to these people, you belong somewhere, you have that sense of belonging with others, which is so important for people with aphasia. And, you know, aphasia doesn't only affect one person, it affects the entire family, it affects their social connections, their friends, their jobs. And so I think having a, commu a safe community where people can come and just do what they want to do, what's best for them, you know, like I mentioned, sometimes speaking can be hard and sometimes singing is easier for this population. And, you know, that's very empowering for them um, if they're only able to speak a couple words at a time, but then they're able to sing these more fluent phrases. That's just amazing. It gives them that confidence. Um, but I also share with them that if the words are hard, we can, we can hum, we can sing on a syllable. You know, you can just uh, move your body to the music, tap your feet, play an instrument, you know, and I really want them to know that, you know, sing aphasia is a safe environment for them where you can come meet new people, connect with others. And, you know, our, our true goal is to end the isolation. And so I think choirs, um, for anyone who has been in a choir themselves, 
um, can relate to that, that, you know, you have a community of people that are all working towards a common goal um, and really, you know, just, just being there for each other and being in a supportive environment, which is so great for them. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. And it is so like the brain is so complex. Yeah. What I can't even imagine the amount of research that you've been doing over the past decade with all of this and your Facebook, I have to direct everybody to your Facebook page too, because there's a beautiful intro video on it where there's the people who are struggling with aphasia are speaking at the beginning and you can see that they, that their heart is so there, but the words are just having a little trouble coming and then they all come together and sing and you see the difference and you just feel the light. And I just think that it's amazing what you've put together. And I have a question, how did you get to the people? You know, you, you start the organization, you have the idea, how did you find your participants for the choir? Yes. Uh, so I, um, you know, after I did my master's degree and then I went on and I actually work full time in public schools. <laughs> so I'm very busy um, throughout the week and then I get to do um, my choir on the weekends and I just I love it. I love my job and love working with my students and my members of the choir. And so um, um, three or so years ago, I went back to school for my doctorate. And I, I knew that my research on aphasia choirs was not done and I wanted to keep going. And an opportunity came up for me to do this doctorate at my university, um, Kane University in New Jersey. Um, and so I, you know, I started my first choir there in their, in their campus clinic, which was just amazing. So back in like, you know, 2012, 2013, I had choirs running there. And I was so excited to go back to Kane to do my doctorate and get the choir started up again. And so we started it up. I was able to do some more research with them. And after I graduated, I knew I wanted to continue this project. So part of my doctorate was um, to do a project or a uh, do a final product. So the product um, was... Some people did brochures in my class um, and my product was a website. So I thought, you know, let me see if I can connect with other aphasia choir directors and, um, you know, figure out, you know, if someone wants to start their own choir, they could come to my website and get some information. So I started singaphasia.com and it had been up, um, you know, for maybe a year and a half or so. Um, and then the pandemic hit and I was contacted by a music therapist in Florida. And, you know, over the past, you know, year and a half, I had continued my choir rehearsals. We were meeting in person and then suddenly we weren't. And, you know, as everybody knows what happened, we did move to a virtual model. Um, but I was contacted by a music therapist in Florida and he came across my website um, and one of his members in his choir found the website and he he looked and contacted me and he asked if I wanted to um, collaborate with him on a virtual aphasia choir project um, that would be on YouTube and of course I said yes let's do it you know I don't know anything about making virtual choirs but I had connections 
to other aphasia choirs around the world. And I, I, you know, really wanted to see, yeah, let's try it. You know, we'll get a few people to join. I'll have my members join and, you know, we'll see how it goes. And this music therapist, his name is Trent Barrick, and he is the owner of Neuromusic Therapy, LLC. And he is really just, I give him all the credit for the success that Singaphasia has had over the past two years, because I feel like without him reaching out to me and, you know, wanting to pursue this ambitious project, I don't know if I would have done it. <laughs> I don't know if I would have um, become, you know, so known throughout um, aphasia choir communities or just even aphasia communities. And, you know, and more than that, like beyond the United States. <laughs> so we put together this video and we recruited and June is aphasia awareness month. So in June of 2020, we started um, recruiting members to sing with us and we, we did live Zoom calls with them. We sent videos and recordings and practice. And we, it, you know, it was, the, it was a wonderful opportunity for interprofessional collaboration to be able to work with a music therapist who was using some of his techniques from the music therapy realm and using them with my, you know, strategies from speech language pathology. It was just such a great time. And we recruited, um, we recruited over 100 families to come sing with us and 55 of them um, decided to record and they recorded and we had, um, we had some friends put together the video that you mentioned earlier. And that was our premiere of the International Aphasia Choir. Um, and so we're currently in production of our second video and it has just, I mean, it really changed my life, you know, to have Trent, um, you know, with his idea, it just changed my life because from that I was connecting with people from England and New Zealand and Argentina and Hungary and Singapore. And these are people in our videos that, you know, I never would have connected with them. And um, from then on, I decided, you know, Singaphasia is out in the world now and people know about us. And we decided to uh, pursue nonprofit status. Um, so it took us about a year and a half um, to, you know, get a board together and write you know, all the, the paperwork and bylaws and everything, but we were just approved um, in November 2021. Um, we were approved as a 501c3 um, as a nonprofit in the United States. So we are so thrilled. Um, we're continuing our programs. You know, we have our, the main choir um, that meets weekly but we're doing songwriting club, history of music theater. We want to um, start having voice lessons for our members. And currently everything is online. Um, and, you know, we're, we're just really excited to see our growth and how we can keep growing because really, you know, ending the isolation is, is so important. And um, I feel like, people who want to try something new 
work their voices in a new way, work their brains, challenge themselves, you know, but in a safe, supportive environment. Um, people can join the choir from all over the world. <laughs> it's like so amazing. And, you know, we have our weekly rehearsals and we have friends that we're based out of New Jersey, but we have friends in California and Texas and Michigan. And we just have created this wonderful community for them where, you know, if, if someone doesn't show up one week, they're like, where are they? <laughs> are they okay? We miss them. And that's, you know, my, my hope and dream is to just keep growing and keep, um, spreading the word about what we do. And I want to change that statistic about, you know, like less than 90% of people know what aphasia is like, you know, especially since there's so many people that have it. Um, you know, I think the general population does need to be more informed about what it is. It's likely that you may have come across someone that has aphasia, but you might not have understood what it was, or, you know, maybe they weren't talking and you didn't know why. Um, but, you know, I would just love um, our program to continue to advocate and to spread awareness and introduce people to that and know that, you know, there's people out there that, you know, want to connect with you. And, and want to, yeah, want to, you know, be with you and tell you about aphasia and the difficulties, because the truth is it can happen to anybody. Um, mm -hmm. Stroke or brain injury can happen to anyone at any time, any age. And, you know, so, um, you know, and being able to find, like, you know, to find your people is, is what my goal is for, for us with Singaphasia. That community, right? Everyone needs to have a community. I mean, it's, it's the core of so much. So you're creating that for so many people. And that leads me to my next question, Jillian. Do you have any, I mean, everything you just said was a good news moment, but do you have any specific stories you'd like to share about people from the choirs that you've interacted with that have, you know, mentioned about how their lives have been changed? Yeah. Um, you know, one that I always think about is when I was on campus, um, you know, doing my, my, um, coursework and I started the choir there. My first time I'm advertising it, I'm like, you want to join the choir? <laughs> like I was going around to each of the groups and like, there was this one woman who was like, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. I'm not going to join the choir. And I'm like, okay, it's okay. <laughs> you don't have to join. <laughs> and at the end of our first semester, we did um, put on a concert for like end of semester at the end of semester party and everybody was just in tears you know the caregivers and their um you know partners and family members and the clinicians were all like ah and it was an emotional time and we got a, our first standing ovation it was awesome and um and so you know it we we performed for the group it was so much fun and the next semester i was like yeah let's do it again and uh, we decided to, to get back out there and do another semester of it. And the woman who originally said, no, 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 was the first one in the door ready to <laughs> sing in the choir. And I just love that. I always think back to her because it just proves like, you know, 
when you're ready, you, you come, you know, when you're ready, you know, like we're here for you. We don't want you to feel pressured. We don't want you to feel, um, you know, embarrassed or, you know, we want to build up your confidence. And when you're ready, we are here for you. And so I just love that because, you know, I, it just really tells you, you know, it, it, the power of music. Oh, <laughs> sorry. It just tells you the power. I'm so excited about music. I almost fell off my chair, everybody. <laughs> um, you know, it just really, it, it does. It speaks volumes about, you know, and, and it's okay. We all, you know, it's hard to try new things and we're all like that. And I get that, but you know, I just, I want people to know, like, we're a safe place. And I have one more quick story I want to tell you too, is that just about just a year ago, last January, we had a member, new member sign online and now we're on zoom. And so, um, you know, this person signed on, um, with her daughter and, um, and she signed off, you know, like, halfway through and I got an email from the daughter and she apologized and said, you know, I'm sorry. You know, my mom just felt like everyone was talking more, um, than she was talking and she just really felt uncomfortable, you know? And I'm like, yeah, like, like I understand it's hard to come into a new environment and to try something, you know, new. And, um, I, and it's been a year and we have seen so much progress from this member, um, shout out to them because I am just so proud of them for sticking with it and knowing that there's no pressure to get it all right all the time. You know, we, we want us, I want to create that, that supportive place for them where they can just come and have fun. And if the words are hard, it's okay. You know, sometimes the words are hard for me too. And it's just like, you know, that's, that's how it is sometimes, but with, with time and practice and determination, you can do anything, you know, and I really just want them to know, like, it's okay if it feels hard at first, but if you continue, um, you know, to, with your practices and you just, you keep um, that motivation, that's really important. And I want them to know you know, and we all, we all make mistakes, you know, we, um, but I'm really proud of my members, especially this one in particular, who has just, you know, tried us out and is just such a huge part of our Singaphasia family now. So it's, uh, I, I just love it. I love seeing that type of like, you know, I, you can see how people are changing and growing. You don't need to do fancy research on that, you know, you can just see it and you can feel it and hear it. And, you know, that's what I'm really proud that I have, you know, built that place for them where they can come and try new things and, and yeah, feel good about it. And it's, I mean, this is like a whole other episode in and of itself, but the fact that, you know, the arts has been so often like thrown aside or cut from programs and whatnot, it just, it's like, but there's so many examples like this, whether you have, you know, a, a communication disorder, whether you don't, whether there's, you know, I've seen, you know, autistic children join theater groups and their lives have been changed, you know, the shy child 
goes to a dance class and suddenly they're front and center. I mean, there's so many examples of how the arts can shape and change someone's life so much for the better. I mean, even just from the standpoint of how you present yourself in, in life, I mean, it does so much for confidence. So, and I can see your passion for it too. I mean, it is so apparent. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, you know, I, I just, I love what I do and I, I do, you know, I use music in everything like, right. Like, you know, when you're feeling sad, you might put on a song that's either going to, you know, make you cry because you just need a good cry or put on <laughs> the opposite and make something that's going to make you jump up and Absolutely. dance and feel good. And like I mentioned earlier, all those happy hormones that are going on and, you know, the dopamine is so great. <laughs> like, Absolutely. you know, I always say like, like I'm going to have a dance party after our interview. I always love having like a little dance party as like that release, right? And yes. anybody can do it. Like anybody can feel good and find something that they love, some type of music or art form that they love. You know, a lot of us have um, smartphones or iPads and, you know, you can access anything. Anything, anything. <laughs> you really can. And I just think, you know, find a way to express yourself, Um that's, that's right for you. And there's, you know, it's not, doesn't have to fit into a little box. It doesn't have to just be, you know, what everyone else is doing, find what's right for you and come join the choir, you know, just have fun. And that's what I love. I love it. Everyone is so different and it's amazing. Yes. yes. And are there any uh, like mantras or Jillianisms you find yourself saying to your choir members during rehearsals? Um, <laughs> Yes. favorite quotes <laughs> yes okay so um one of my favorite things to say this is my funny one and then I have an inspirational one too <laughs> okay but, um, my funny one is that um there aren't any mistakes in choir just accidental solos <laughs> <laughs> I like that I think I'm gonna remember that one for my own life <laughs> right yeah and we always laugh when we say that because it's like it's okay. It's cool. You know, like, you know, if we didn't get every note, right, that's all right. But, um, and I also, I, I tell them a lot that you can do hard things. Um, and I tell my students this too, because I, you know, I work with um, students who are aged three through 10. And, you know, a lot of them struggle with that mindset, you know, oh, I can't do this. It's too hard. I can't do it. And we always say, you know, we want that growth mindset of like, you know, we can't do it yet, the power of yet. And um, I just think like telling them like, you can do hard things. It's, you know, we can push ourselves. We, we can do that. We can challenge ourselves. Um, and we're all in a different um, stage of life and in our recovery from whatever, whether it's stroke or, um, you know, whatever it is, uh, physical disability, mental, anything, we're all humans in this together on our different paths of life. And, you know, we can do hard things, even if, you know, you don't want to, we, I know you can. And so I tell them that a lot, like, you know, learning technology has been difficult, but you know, we have some amazing things coming up and like the, the video that we made was just like, I'm so proud of that video. Um, and that, you know, the fact that they, they did that, you know, they recorded themselves. If they needed help, they know where to get help. Um, but 
you know, they did that and they put it together and they worked on it and it created this beautiful video that will be around forever for people to see and to learn about aphasia and, um, you know, learn about how music can help them. And I'm just really proud of them. And I always say, you know, and one of my favorite quotes from Walt Disney is, if you can dream it, you can do it. And that has been my personal mantra, you know, but then I also think like it can be yours too, you know, in the choir, this can be yours. If you can dream it, I asked some of my members, what are your goals for this year? And some of them are, you know, I want to stand up independently. I want to start reading aloud more. Um, I want to be able to write my name again. Um, and, you know, that's really powerful. Uh, so if you can dream it, you can do it. You know, you just have to do it a little bit at a time and go at your own pace. And, you know, I really, you know, I, I mean, I, I kept thinking that throughout this whole thing that like, I've never made a nonprofit before. I didn't know what I was doing. I, I literally have the book nonprofit for dummies. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I've never done it, but I kept thinking that to myself, like I can do hard things um, and I will get past them. And and, you know, now, now that we have this nonprofit, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Look what we did. We did this. You know, I'm, I'm just like an average person that <laughs> works and, you know, does everything else. And there's a nonprofit out there that is changing lives um, all over the world. And I'm just so proud of that, proud of, you know, the people that have been with me through this, our members, our board of advisors, um, all of my mentors and professors that have helped me through this and my family, it's like, you know, you can do hard things. I tell that to myself a lot. So. You know, some of those last uh, items you mentioned lead perfectly into my last question for you. And it's a new question for this season. And it is, if someone came to you and they wanted to make a difference, but they didn't know how to start, what would you tell them? Start, just start small you know, just take it step by step. Um, I think, you know, I actually, I have it here. I'm going to show, show uh -huh. you and your viewers because I have show this and journal that I bought myself, I don't know, seven years ago, maybe more. And it's these little hot air balloons. <laughs> dream, and big. It says, dream big. Okay. And I, um, I said to myself, I'm going to get this journal because one day I'm going to put all of my syngophasia stuff in it and it's going to be an important journal to me. And it sat and it sat and it sat for a long time. And now I've got this journal full of, you know, nonprofit notes and, you know, song choices I want to do, just all my like everyday thoughts that I want to do. I took it out. And so I think start small to be able to dream big because, if it needs to be a journal, like, okay, maybe that's what you need to get started. You know, have a journal, have something special that you can work towards and look forward to. And, you know, just, just take it step by step. And, and one of our members in the video um, from the International Aphasia Choir, What a Wonderful World, says that, you know, just take it step by step. Um, you know, and I think that's, that's how you get started. It's, uh, 
you know, just, just put that thought down on paper somewhere, find your special journal. And if you can dream it, you can do it. I love that so much, Jillian. Oh, tell everybody where we can find you online, please. Yes. So we are um, on Facebook, Sing Aphasia. Um, and we're on Instagram too. We are on Twitter, but I'm not as active on Twitter. So Facebook and Instagram at, at Sing Aphasia. We are also currently updating our website and that is singaphasia.com. And we hope to be um, opening up some new forums uh, for people who are interested in starting their own aphasia choir. Um, which I would love to talk to you about. So if you have a community or you want, you're thinking about starting a choir of your own, I would love to help you get your choir started. I just think that there should be a choir in every, every town, every city, every community um, for, the, for this population. It's just, it's a really special place to be. So we're hoping to get some more forums up, more information about how to start your choirs, some song lists will be up there, um, as well as some forums for uh, people who are in aphasia choirs. So people who want to join a choir themselves or wanna learn more about the benefits of being in a choir. Um, I think, you know, we're on singaphasia.com as well. So yeah, we're, we're really excited to see um, how we keep growing and, keep expanding our community and ending that isolation. And I'm just so excited to be here today and talk to you, Kate. I was just so honored that, um, you know, you reached out to me and was, mm -hmm. you know, willing to have me on. Cause I just, I love, love what I do and love the people I get to work with. It's very special. Thanks so much for listening to Be The Good with Kate Cherichello. Whether you're listening on YouTube or via podcast, it would mean the world if you liked, subscribed and or left a review. You heard about the good? Now go out and be the good in your life this week. If you have stories of good news that need to be shared, please send me a message. Thanks again and have a great week.